This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong. I have the pleasure, as always, of being here with Mary Lucas, of course, representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing well. The Canes beat the Bruins. So I'm yes. very, I'm, I'm much better, a lot less stressed out. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. They, they advance. Like the, the relief comes after yes. the loss. You're, you're still very much in it. Um, yes. You're yes. fostering a new puppy. Oh, gosh. Uh, just, it's, uh, <laughs> just your, your life is, is a whirlwind, Mary. <laughs> Remember all these conversations we have about self care? I, I need to maybe. Th- think inwardly about that <laughs> <laughs> we need to go back and pull some old episodes just for you to listen to you yes. know that's that's a good idea yeah. well let's get into our first topic for today and we are going to be talking about something we've talked about on the program before and that is ship the senior health insurance information program and you know usually we talk to our friends at ship around uh medicare enrollment time but uh, surprise, surprise, there's plenty of other things that uh, SHIP is a wonderful resource for. And to have a thorough discussion on this, we're very pleased to welcome Mary Jo Hill. She's a volunteer counselor in Cary with SHIP, the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. Mary Jo, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. I always like to talk about CHIP. <laughs> we we always enjoy talking to you all. So maybe you could start out for those who don't know and who are listeners who are tuning in. What is CHIP and what does it stand for? And is this a free resource for those in the community? Well, yes, to all. Um, I think as you already introduced, CHIP is a Seniors Health Insurance Information Program. It is statewide in North Carolina, and it's actually national as well. But North Carolina was the first state to implement a program like this. It's a free resource for seniors um, to find out more about Medicare. And as you may know, it's a pretty complicated path sometimes. And so this is a service that we think is very well needed and very much appreciated in the community. Absolutely. It doesn't seem like it gets ever, any easier every time when Medicare enrollment comes around. <laughs> we, like, like Jason said, we like to have people on the show, and it always just is so confusing. Um, so say you just became eligible for Medicare. Where would one start to research coverage and delivery options? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of resource on the North Carolina Department of Insurance website. There's a whole section on Medicare. Um, so that might be a place to start. That, that just gets you going. Um, honestly, there's, as you said, it's complicated. And so as ship counselors, we can really help walk people through that as they have questions when they're trying to determine where they need to start. But essentially understand that um, Medicare is for people who turn 65. You're not eligible before then unless you're disabled. There are certain exceptions, but um, you don't automatically get enrolled, so you have to take an action in order to start that process. Mm. Um, unless you're already on Social Security, then they will tell you automatically from the Social Security agency that you're going to be ready for Medicare, and they will start the process for you. Great. Can you tell us a little bit more? I, I want to dig into some of the extra resources SHIP provides. Can you tell us more about the Extra Help Program and what it is and who qualifies for this? Sure. Um, Extra Help offers some supplemental help in terms of paying for prescription drugs. So people who 
are at a certain limited income level, and that level changes every year. So um, you have to be make sure that you qualify by um, checking what that threshold is. But they can get help paying for prescription drugs, either the premium for the Part D, which is prescription part of the Medicare program, or um, paying for the drugs themselves at a very limited rate. So that's available um, if people qualify. Great. Are there other state uh, programs or savings programs to help cover the cost of Medicare premiums? I know that some, it can be quite expensive and an extra um, cost. What other programs exist for savings? Well, there are um, similar programs called uh, Medicare savings programs that actually help pay for the premiums of Medicare. It is not free, as some people seem to think, um, surprisingly. But yes, the cost can be overwhelming for people who are at a limited income level. So again, if they qualify, there are several categories of qualification, um, but the best thing to do is to check with the either the resources for seniors in your county or um, checking in with the Medicare, the SHIP counselor can direct them to the uh, Department of Health and Human Services where there's an online form that you actually fill out and qualify. And then if, if you qualify for more benefits at a federal level, they will send it on. Um, so it can be done in the same process as uh, checking in for the Medicare application. It's really good to know about these resources. Kind of going mm-hmm. off off the off the rails here. Uh, Long term care insurance is something that comes up a lot on our show. And as people uh, start to age and think about other ways that they can pay for care later in life, what is long term care insurance, and what does it cover? How do you go about finding a plan that works best for you? Well, long term care insurance is not covered by Medicare, first of all, um, and there is some confusion about mm-hmm. that. Medicare offers some coverage for skilled nursing care in rehab situations after somebody's been in the hospital. But that is definitely not the same as long-term care. Long-term care is for, um, as it states, um, care in a facility that would be for regular maintenance of your your life um, as people age. And you really just have to, there's there's a policy that you can get. they can be quite expensive, particularly if you apply at an older age, but you would need to contact a health insurance broker who would be specializing in that area and look into purchasing that coverage outside because there is no other way to get it. Other than if someone, again, is at a very low income threshold and can qualify for Medicaid, then Medicaid can pay for um, ongoing care in a, in a nursing facility. That's a good point, the Medicaid piece on that. Do you all help and, and guide people through those applications as well, or is that? Uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. That's not something that normally comes up within mm-hmm. um, the auspices of the SHIP organization. I believe that's something they would have to apply for through the state, again, through DHSHS. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion around all of those things. And and as people age, yeah. long-term care insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, what do I qualify for? I know. What what do I do? Right. You know, it just could be so overwhelming. That's right. So I think just thinking in terms of just medical expenses, 
um, is within the auspices of the Medicare program. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. So where do people go for more resources and how do you get in touch with uh, the SHIP volunteers and being able to talk to somebody about um, the Medicare programs that you guys offer and, and the assistance that you provide people in the community? Well, um, the SHIP program is actually under the authority of the insurance department in North Carolina. They have staff at the main office in Raleigh. There's an 800 number people can call um, in order to access those resources, but also the senior centers around the state and have SHIP offices where people can actually come in and get one-on-one face-to-face counseling or virtual counseling through uh, Zoom or um, another online uh, strategy. So we try to make it available to people as much as possible throughout the year so they can get the information they need. Of course, you know, there's a tie-in to Social Security. People sometimes get mixed up with which part is Social Security because you start the process of applying for Medicare at the Social Security website, and you can do the whole thing online, um, unrelated to whether or not you're collecting Social Security benefits. So that's where things get a little confusing. But then once you have a Medicare number and you're in the system, then you would go to Medicare.gov, and there are numerous programs that people can access there in terms of the drug plans and uh, determining where, uh, how to keep that information updated so that it makes it easy to continue to keep current on what is the best plan for them. That's great. And this is such a confusing field, but uh, the folks at SHIP do a wonderful job in assisting those of us who need help navigating these complicated waters. So, Mary Jo, we, we thank you, one, for your time here, but also for volunteering uh, and providing such a wonderful service. You're most welcome. It's a pleasure. She is Mary Jo Hill, volunteer counselor in Cary with SHIP. Again, that's S-H-I-I-P, the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. Their phone number, if you want to call, is 855-408-1212, 855-408-1212. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Hey, don't forget, if you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, get access to their free resources online, just head on over to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, who of course is with Transitions Life Care, and we are always pleased to welcome on our Transitions Life Care brethren and uh, you know, maybe maybe the record for most frequent guests. I don't know. He's right up there. Maybe, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to go back and do the count. But we love having him on the show. It's Mark Philbrick. He's the staff and community community educator at Transitions Life Care, and we're going to be talking about what death can teach you about living. Mark, welcome back to the show. 
Well, thank you. I'm going to keep coming back until I get it right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was watching the news the other day, and I saw that we've now surpassed one million people in the United States who have died since the pandemic started, which is just terribly tragic. And, you know, over two years ago, none of us had ever heard of COVID, and now millions of people, country and worldwide, are grieving the loss of friends, families, colleagues due to this terrible illness. I was at the um, the Summer Salute, our annual um, fundraiser for Transitions Life Care put on by North State Bank this weekend, and I had some conversations with family members that were there um, in, in honor of their loved one, and um, it, it was just a very um, – it was a hard moment, but it was also great to talk to those people to see what Transitions Life Care did for them. But, you know, Mark, during your previous visits on the show, you shared that most Americans do not die suddenly or unexpectedly. It's it's something that is everyone is aware of. There seems to be so much tragic loss going on, though. And I think it's put a different perspective on, on life and what that looks like. It has for me, at least. So can you talk to us about some of the facts about how people die in our country? What is important to know as we kind of start this conversation? Yeah, certainly. Um, I know I often come across as a combination of a Debbie Downer and a Grim Reaper. <laughs> so uh, at the risk of being too morbid, I really do feel it's important for folks to know the facts. Uh, this last year, over 3 million Americans died in 2021. It was the highest rate of death in the history of the United States. Um, And when we look at that, of course, COVID was a major contributor to that change. Previous to 2020, you know, we we also, the fact is that for most of us, death is a slow train coming. Uh, Less than one in 10 Americans will die a sudden or unexpected death. In fact, 90% of us in the U.S. will die of a predictable, chronic, serious, or terminal condition such as heart disease, cancer, organ failure, or the neurological diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, That makes up about 2.7 million of the 3 million deaths this year will be predictable, chronic, and terminal conditions. So we do have time to prepare for it. However, the flip side of that coin is over 300,000 Americans will die a sudden, unexpected, or accidental death this year. That includes approximately 100,000 people in our country last year died of drug overdoses, 87,000 from unintentional poisoning, 42,000 Americans, mostly adults, died of falls, and over 40,000 died in motor vehicle accidents. Mm -hmm. So this means about 820 people in our country today who woke up won't go to bed alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, about 20 of those will be accidental deaths will be children. So it's really important for us to acknowledge that death is an inevitable fact of our life. And the more we become aware of it, not shy away from it, like the three monkeys, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, we really will be better prepared to help our loved ones deal with the grief and the aftermath. You know, recently, um, last year, I read a great book by Frank Ossetesky called The Five Invitations, which has that insightful subtitle, Discovering What Death Can Teach Us About Living Fully. And that's really, I wanted to share some of those insights today on how we can better cope with understanding and dealing with the discomfort of death and grief that we face, especially in light of the million deaths 
in our country due to COVID. Mm. That is very, those are some alarming statistics and it, it really does put in perspective what life is. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit more. What is the, uh, this book about the five invitations? Well, um, there's a great introduction that Frank has in his book. And he says that life and death really are a package deal. You can't pull those apart. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't truly live and be alive without maintaining our awareness of death. Because death isn't waiting for us at the end of some long road. It's death is always with us. It's really in the marrow of every passing moment. Death will help us discover what matters most. And the good news is we really don't have to wait for our end of our lives to realize the wisdom that death has to offer. You know, some people come to their deaths full of disappointment, resentment, and bitterness, while others really blossom as they step through that door full of wonder of what's next. And what really makes a difference is people's willingness to live in those deeper dimensions of what it means for us to be human in the here and now. So imagine at the time of our dying that we will have the strength emotional stability and mental clarity to do the work of a lifetime, that's really a ridiculous gamble. You know, the book is five invitations to sit down with death and really let it guide us into living a more fully loving life. Uh, Without a reminder of death, we tend to sort of take for granted life, becoming lost in trivial pursuits. Mm -hmm. And we learn through death and coming close to it that we let go of things more easily. We recognize that death comes to everyone. And so we can appreciate we're all in this boat together. Hopefully the lessons we learn help us to be gentler and kinder. And obviously our country needs a lot of that right now. The wisdom of death not only has a relevance for those who are dying and the caregivers, but it can help each of us deal with those losses that we feel that we're out of control of right now. So by getting close and personal with the dying, it can really teach us to live more fully. It's very, very important. I, I know that it's not a human life, but it's very important to me. But I've I've been fostering hospice dogs over the last um, month. And the different perspective I have about life, even watching them, which they don't necessarily know that they're dying. You know, they, they feel that they're right. sick which is a very difficult thing to, to kind of think about um, because humans understand that they are dying um, or, or they may, may understand that they're dying. But it really has given me, even in these moments over the last month with the two dogs that I've been helping with, it's just been a um, kind of a changing moment for me in, in, a, in a mindset that I think about a little bit differently and, and seeing it up close and and feeling that and do bucket listing with them, it's just you, you think about life a lot differently, um, even mm-hmm. even in the moments of the dog fostering, which is I know I talk about on the show a lot, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I know that Mark, there are many different perspectives on death and dying. Uh, what are a few of the different perspectives you encountered? You've been a nurse for over thirty years in the traditional medical like hospital settings, and then contrasting that with your experience in the last 15 years in the hospice world, which is so um, so close to this, and the community settings and also in private homes. Can you talk to us a little bit about the different perspectives you encountered? Yes, I think that's a really important way to get started. Um, I also do want to remind you that dogs spelled backwards is God. 
And um, I think that uh, for most of us, our dogs are the unconditional love that we don't get from the human two-legged variety. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then see how that can really be an impactful part of your life. You know, with the medical model, there's really three things that they believe about death, which are typical. And first is that death is the opposite of life. It's the antithesis of life, which leads to the second conclusion that death is the enemy and it has to be battled and fought at whatever cost, financially, emotionally, and physically, to the point of, you read in obituaries every day that this person fought a courageous battle with cancer or, you know, dementia or whatever. So it's looked at as a battlefield in which to be fought. And the third is that allowing someone to die is a medical failure. In fact, they have what they euphemistically call M&M conferences, and that's not the uh, melt-in-your-mouth-not-in-your-hand variety. That stands for mortality and morbidity conferences at the end of a life to review what could have been done differently, why was this person dying and was there any type of medical intervention that could have prevented or extended that life contrast that with hospice and other views is that death is unique and meaningful can be meaningful for each individual and it's an opportunity for us to gain wisdom and healing in our relationships because i mentioned most of the time it doesn't come quickly there's an opportunity to learn from it and that death provides an opportunity to connect the heart and soul of ours to others as we go on to this journey. And if we look at it like that, death is a compass, a way of traveling this unknown territory into what's next. And that death is really a normal conclusion to our life cycle. And it's not to be feared and ignored. So those are the major contrasts between the two. Is it an enemy or a friend? Is it to be avoided? or embrace. It's all about shifting that perspective a little bit. We're speaking with Mark Philbrick. He is the staff and community educator with Transitions Life Care, and we're going to continue our conversation with him right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line is Mark Philbrick. He is the staff and community community educator with Transitions Life Care. And Mary, we're talking all about what death can teach us. And uh, Mark has been dropping a lot of wonderful nuggets for us. I know, and you keep foreshadowing to the five invitations. I'm, I'm really curious, Mark, can you walk us through some of the invitations? What, what's the first invitation? Sure. The first invitation is don't wait. Um, these invitations are Frank Ossetesky 
was the founder of the Zen Hospice Project. And um, back in the 1980s, during the peak of the AIDS epidemic, before they knew what AIDS was, started caring for people who were dying. Um, and over 30 years of caring for the dying and thousands of deaths that he observed, these are the pearls that he came from. And his first one is don't wait. You know, we, we often put off thinking that, oh, we got plenty of time, but we really don't know what our time is. And one of the keys to this also is not putting off saying or doing or experiencing the things that are most important to you. Um, and part of that also is letting go of grievances and resentments now so that you can free yourself to really connect on a deeper level. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Lily Tomlin. She says, I've given up all hope for a better past. You know, the idea of instead of pinning our hopes on a better future, we really need to focus on the present moment, be grateful for what is right in front of us now. Um, I know I tend to have a tendency to ruminate on the past and what could have been, should have been, or might have been done better or differently, and other people are constantly fretting into the future, you know, planning, planning, planning for something that never comes and completely missing the moment. But the idea is to really take advantage of the time we have now, be present, and try to mend those relationships that we would regret if we didn't have an opportunity in the future to do that. That is such an important one. Talk to us a little bit more about the second invitation. The second invitation Frank talks about is welcome everything, push away nothing. So he starts by saying, you know, when we, we have a mindset when we're helping, we see the other person as being weak. And when we try to fix people, we see them as broken. But if we see people and we serve them, we see life as a whole, that we're all in here to help and serve each other. So by welcoming everything and pushing away nothing, we actually don't have to like what's happening. It's not our job to approve or disapprove of what's actually happening. And that by temporarily suspending our usual rush to judgment about whether something is good or bad, can often find, you know, later, the good and the pearls that we thought were terrible to begin with. So being open to what is happening in the present moment and trying to embrace the moment and not judge it. By pushing things away, it's like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to hear about that. Sort of like the three monkeys. Mm -hmm. We miss out the opportunity to really welcome what's coming, even though it may seem bad at the time, the fruit of that may bear a hundredfold later down the road. Mm. That one for me, that, that hits home in the caregiver perspective to you as a caregiver and as the one receiving care, that can be a really difficult one, being able to accept help and, and welcome that and, you know, not feel like you're giving up and not accepting that you might need help. I, I can see that one being a very difficult one for that reason. Yeah, I can remember a specific example I've shared in the past where, you know, caring for my father the last three months mm -hmm. of life, he was dying of cancer. He was in my home, and um, he really didn't want to take pain medicine. He, he really um, was at the point, though, the last week before his life ended, I saw him grimacing every time he turned. He was having a struggle, you know, moving. And I said, Dad, you know, it's time to uh, think about taking the morphine. He goes, I don't want to be a junkie. I don't want to get hooked on that mm -hmm. stuff. 
And I reminded him, Dad, you're 89, you're dying of cancer, it's okay to feel okay. Um, and all of a sudden he thought for a moment, he says, oh, what the hell, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And about 30 <laughs> minutes later, he said, man, this is really good stuff. And <laughs> so uh, he was pushing away from me, um, you know, the ability to be present and comfortable uh, and in his judgment of what was good or bad, it prevented him from really being comfortable enough to enjoy the moments in the week that he had. I think it's also the hospice, you know, a lot of people don't sign on to hospice for fear of giving up or not being able to accept that help yet and and not being able to to feel that. It's not giving up, though, and welcoming that kind of aid and and assistance for not just yourself but for your family and loved ones. I think that's that's really important part of the hospice philosophy. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk more about the third invitation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Similar to that, the third invitation is bringing your whole self to the experience. And he quotes, to be whole, we need to include, accept, and connect all parts of ourselves. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means no part left out. So the way I see this is not blocking the emotions or the truth, you know, to feel what we feel, express what we have as far as all of our emotions, both the positive and the negative. It's really getting down to being real. Um, and as a care provider or a caregiver, I think it's important to do what we call compassionate truth-telling. You know, we surveyed a transition years ago, hundreds of patients and families about their fears at end of life and what they wanted at end of life. And over 80%, four out of five people, wanted to know what was going to happen along the way. So they don't want to be kept in the dark. So by bringing your whole self to the experience and letting people know the truth about what may happen or how it may happen, it allows us not to block those emotions um, and to be present again, using all five senses as we bring our whole self into this experience of what we we have on a daily basis. So living fully before we die is a matter of really being wholly experiencing sort of that holistic approach we also talk about in hospice care, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the psychosocial, all of that, all those elements coming together, not only in the last days or months of life, but in every day of life. Yeah, that's something that we should all keep in mind. This is a wonderful discussion that we're having here with Mark Philbrick. He's the staff and community educator with Transitions Life Care, and we're going to continue our conversation with him into our final segment here on the show. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk 
traffic. Don't forget, you can always go to transitionslifecare.org to find more information about the resources available to you online. Go to transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line is Mark Philbrick. Mark is the staff and community educator with Transitions Life Care, and we're talking all about what death can teach you about living. And Mark, we've been discussing these five invitations. We've gone through three. Can you quickly uh, just do a, a, a brief recap of what the first three were that we talked about, and then let's let's get to the final two. Sure. The first one is don't wait. Um, that's making sure that we embrace things as they come up, that we don't put things off, and hopefully we begin to let go of resentments and open up to forgiveness. And the second one is to welcome everything and push away nothing so that we want to make sure that we take whatever is coming before us without judgment and experiences as it happens, because some things that appear to be bad turn out to be good and the good things could turn out to be bad. So not to judge, but to embrace things and push away nothing. And the third invitation is bringing your whole self to the experience being totally present, mind, body, and spirit. Wonderful. And if you could, let's go ahead and dive right into the fourth. The fourth invitation is to find a place of rest in the middle of things. You know, we often think of rest as something that comes at the end of everything else that we've done is completed. You know, at the end of the day, when we can take a bath, once we go on vacation or get through our to-do list, then we'll take a rest. The idea of the fourth invitation is really trying to find rest in the middle of our busy days and rest for our mind as well as our body. You know, when I, when I do this presentation live, I have a picture of a, a guy on vacation and he's on a floaty in the middle of the ocean and he's still in his suit with his laptop on. Um, <laughs> I, I put that in because I resembled that statement for so many years, you know, not taking rest even when I'm on vacation. Um, so finding rest in the middle is that rest is always available to us and it's a choice. We can make a conscious choice to be alert, take a moment and focus our attention on relaxing. You know, a great story I heard from one of our hospice uh, social workers, she was traveling with her mother somewhere and every time they hit a stop sign, the, the social worker was driving and getting very impatient. You know, why is this light taking so long and so on? And her mother was just so relaxed. And she says, how can you relax? And her mother says, I look at every stop sign as an opportunity to take a break. And the social worker said how that completely changed her perspective, that it's like the stoplight is allowing us to take a pause, take a breath, and refocus. And that's just a simple example of how we can make a choice to really be present and take a rest, even if it's just for a moment. I think that's that's an awesome one. And I will say it every show, I feel like, but respite is so important. And it's a, a benefit of the hospice uh, benefit it, it includes respite. And I think it's something that, you know, a lot of caregivers have trouble with. And um, Mark, can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of respite in this invitation? Yeah, I think uh, respite is when we actually have a, a part of our hospice program is mm -hmm. called respite care, where 
when a family gets emotionally or physically burned out, we literally can move the patient from the home into our hospice home or a nursing facility where we take care of that person 24 hours a day for five days while that family can physically and emotionally rest. You know, I had an opportunity last weekend, my eldest son uh, got married and we had a four day uh, gathering up in the mountains and a mile past where it said the pavement end, we had dirt road up into the mountains and uh, spent four days there resting. And it was the first time I was proud to tell my team yesterday that uh, it's the first time that I ever left my laptop in my backpack for four days. Um, and it only took me 66 years to get to that point where I was able to take a rest um, and not think about um, things that were less important than my son's wedding. That is a perfect example. I I took the day off yesterday to sit at the pool, and um and and I didn't have my phone on me or my email or access to anything, which was a very good feeling. So I I, I know that feeling, and I think it's important for caregivers to be reminded of it's okay to take a break. You don't need to feel guilty for taking a break, and and you provide better care after you take a break. I come to work today a little bit more refreshed and with a new perspective on things just because I was able to cut off and, and not think about it for a day. Um, so I think it's, that's a really important invitation. Absolutely. Going on to the fifth and final invitation. Fifth invitation is to cultivate a don't know mind. You know, we spend all our lives learning so that we won't look stupid. Um, and <laughs> we want to make sure that, uh, you know, the opposite of this is being a know-it-all. But cultivating a don't-know mind is really characterized by curiosity, surprise, and wonder. And when I think about this invitation, I think of my grandkids, you know, where they're young, they're alive, they're in the moment. Um, and a don't-know mind is one that's receptive and ready to show up for whatever shows up, to enter life with fresh eyes, to empty our minds and our hearts long enough to cultivate whatever is is coming to us. And another key of this is really to surrender um, our, or stop fighting with our, our minds enough to allow new information to come in, new feelings and new experiences. Uh, it's just really important. Um, I think there was a Buddhist quote that says you can't fill an, uh, you can't add to a full cup. If we're full of ourselves and full of knowledge, it blocks us from experiencing what new information may come in, new experiences, and being open and receptive also allows the people that we, we love and care for to feel like they can express themselves. Yeah, reminds me of a, a, a powerful scene in the TV show Ted Lasso where he <laughs> references a, a Walt Whitman quote that is, be curious, not judgmental. Ooh. And I, I, I think it's, it's a great way to look at things. I like that. Well, Mark, we're uh, just about out of time here, so we want to thank you so much, as always, for coming on the show and providing us with such unique perspective and information to help us through some challenging times. He is Mark Philbrick, the staff and community educator with Transitions Life Care. Mark, thank you again for your time today. You're welcome. My pleasure. 
That's our pleasure as well. Don't forget, if you missed any part of this episode and want to go and share it with someone, or maybe you want to catch up on past episodes, you can head on over to WPTF.com, click on the podcast button at the top of the page, and from there, just find the Aging Matters section, and you'll have full access to the entire archive of Aging Matters shows. And we thank everyone for their support listening to the show and for catching up on podcasts. You know, we see the numbers. We appreciate you. So thank you so much for doing that. And don't forget, transitionslifecare.org is where you can go to find more information about Transitions Life Care and view the resources available to you. There's plenty of them online at transitionslifecare.org. Also information for career opportunities if you're looking for uh, maybe a change in career and maybe this is a calling for you. Go ahead and check out transitionslifecare.org. Click on the careers tab, and um, there's, there's lots of openings there. So it's a wonderful opportunity for you if that's something that you would like to pursue. We're out of time for today. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680. WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.